Hey everybody, this is Kylie Gable. Welcome to another episode, the last episode of the season for the Candy Apple Press podcast, known as the Feminization Boudoir. And my voice is still not perfect, but it is getting a lot better. This week, our challenge is going to be producing a podcast while my two dogs see trick-or-treaters going by and try and bark at them. Now, I put my candy in a bowl outside with a sign that says, please take two, because I'm kind and generous. Um, plus, I feel guilty because one time in college, when I had no money and I, as you know, was dressing a little bit interestingly, I um, didn't have candy and I didn't want to have all these people coming to my door. So I just put a sign outside my door that said, honor system, please take one. I didn't actually put any candy in the bowl. So that everybody who came by would see the bowl and go, oh, some jerk took all the candy. So I'm putting in two pieces this year to make up for it. Anyway, we will probably have the dogs barking throughout this podcast, which is does have a th- Halloween theme. I had hoped to have an interview with our newest voiceover person, London Kiss. But the problem is she's been having Wi-Fi issues. And so I have no interview, but I have two great audios. It's kind of funny because they're both written by Mistress DJ, but only one of them is recorded by Mistress DJ. She did write both of them, but the uh, London Kiss actually narrated. That's what I mean about the dogs. So anyway, to start us off, here's London Kiss narrating an audio that was written by Mistress DJ entitled... Uh, exchange party. Caitlin had been invited to the exchange students' Halloween party back in September. Marcos, who was from Puerto Rico, had invited her. The two were taking film appreciation together at Foothills Community College. Katie, Marcos whispered as the film began rolling. There is a decorating pizza party tonight. Want to come? Caitlin hated it when people called her Katie, but since Marcos's first language was Spanish, she gave him a pass. Sure, I guess, she answered. What time? I'll text you, he whispered as the music blared from the movie. Caitlin's phone buzzed with information about the pizza party time. She knew it was being held at the garage, a venue that, though it looked like a garage, was used for public events. 7 p.m., bring money to cover your pizza and drink, the text from Marcus read. She survived film appreciation, then it was on to English. The day seemed to drag on, but isn't that how Fridays always are? Arriving home, she looked at the costume she was going to wear for the party. The black spanky pants that read Cherry Bomb across the ass, the black tank top, the leather jacket, and then there was the red lipstick and can of Aquanet. Caitlin chuckled. She figured no one would get it. Cherie Curry was iconic as lead singer of The Runaways, in the late 1970s, but more people knew Joan Jett. Caitlin had blonde hair, though, 
so she went for the easier costume. She wished she had someone to be the other girls in the band, but whatever, at least she had plans to share. Arriving at the decoration pizza party at seven, there were a lot of students there. It seemed many of the exchange students brought someone. It was a good way for students to mingle in a low pressure situation. There was a basket to collect money. Caitlin dropped in a $10 bill. She figured that cover a couple of slices and a soda. Marcos came up. Hey, Katie, glad you could make it. Caitlin rolled her eyes. Okay, Marcos, what do I need to do? He smiled. Well, let me take you around and introduce you to the group. It was becoming obvious to Caitlin that he was going to try to act like she was his girlfriend. She met a few of the girls, but then she met Makio, an exchange student from Japan. Call me Mac or Aki, he said, flashing an amazing smile. Caitlin's heart skipped a beat. Normally, pretty boys weren't her thing, but he was breathtaking. Moving on, Marco said, sounding annoyed. You'll be in charge of hanging up spider webs, he said, as he handed her multiple packages of pre-made spider webbing. She began to drape the sticky, stringy web everywhere. Finally, one of the girls called out, Pizza's here, come and get it. Caitlin went over, got two slices of pepperoni, and grabbed a can of Coke. Sitting down on the stairs where she'd been working, she was thinking that it would be good to get some food in her. Come, bonne she heard, taking the first bite. Makio appeared, then took the seat next to her. It means good evening, he said, flashing that smile again. Mind if I sit here? Caitlin thought to herself, of course I don't mind, but she tried to play it cool. As they ate, they got to know each other a bit. Makio was going to be there for another year, and they even exchanged phone numbers. As he got up to throw his plate away, he turned and said, I know I get to see you tomorrow night, but I'd like to take you out sometime. Caitlin blushed a bit and nodded. The blissful moment was interrupted by Marcos as he insinuated she was being promiscuous. Can you go through the whole exchange program, Katie? That's enough, Marcos. Caitlin practically yelled, We aren't a couple. This isn't a date. Machio is nice and we got to know each other. You know what? I don't need to explain anything to you. I'm not going to come tomorrow. Forget this, Marcos. Caitlin went over to grab her purse and coat. Marcos stood there looking like he was about to cry. No, Katie, please. I'll do anything. Anything? Caitlin suddenly had an idea. I'll text you my address. Come by when you're done here. 
Gathering her things, she stopped to say goodbye to Machio and tell him she'd see him tomorrow. A couple of hours later, there was a soft knock at her apartment door. Opening it, she found pouting Marcos. Come in, Caitlin said. Can I get you something to drink? She walked over and put on a pot of coffee. I'll have a cup of coffee when it's ready, he answered. He suddenly changed his tone. If it's no trouble, please and thank you. So, about your behavior earlier, Caitlin said before Marcos cut her off rudely. Katie, I've had a crush on you for... He blurted out. I wasn't finished speaking. Caitlin regained control of the conversation. We aren't a couple. This wasn't a date. And I wasn't impressed with your reaction to me talking to Machio. Marcos put his head down. I'm sorry. I'll do anything for you to go with me tomorrow. Well, I could use a bandmate. Caitlin said chipperly. You can be Joan to my Cherie. Huh? Marcus was confused. I'm going as Cherie Curry, lead singer of the Runaways, and you, my brooding friend, will be Joan Jett. Caitlin seemed pleased with the plan. No way. I'm not going as a girl, he protested. Fine by me. Go ahead and leave then, Caitlin said coldly. Okay, wait. What do I have to wear? Marcos asked, dripping with desperation. Come into my room and I'll show you, Caitlin said, leading the way. Marcos followed a little too eagerly. When they got to the room, Caitlin began digging through her drawers, She pulled out a pair of plain black spanky pants and another black tank top. I'm sure you have a black jacket and boots, she asked rhetorically. Yeah, and? He asked sheepishly. Take off your clothes, she demanded. Let's see how this looks on you. Marcus's excitement about being in her bedroom and being asked to strip became apparent. With his instant heart on, he practically tore his clothes off. Whoa, boy, down. (laughs) Caitlin laughed. Now, put on these spanky pants and tuck that thing down. (laughs) As Marcos began to do as instructed, she said, Now the tank top. You'll have a jacket so you won't have to shave, but... Shake? Shave? Marco stammered. Yeah, don't worry about it. Caitlin tried to reassure him. Now sit down. Marco sat on the edge of the bed. Caitlin pulled a spiky black wig out of the bathroom closet and plopped it on his head. Stay still, eyeliner next, she said matter of factly. Marco's didn't complain because as she leaned over, Her cleavage was in his face. She put heavy black eyeliner around his eyes into a cat eye shape. 
Then she opened a fresh tube of cherry red lipstick and coated his lips. She took a few dozen photos as an insurance policy. So tomorrow, Caitlin began, we'll go together, but it's no date. We're going as girlfriends, as bandmates. I'm going to be dancing with Macchio. You'll be dancing with the other guys. No way, Marcos protested. I'm not going as Joan Jett, and I'm not dancing with guys. Oh, Caitlin said, holding up her phone and showing him the photos. I'll share these tomorrow then. I'll make up a great story too. <laughs> no, 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 I'll go. But do I really have to dance with guys? His pout was obvious. Yes, but don't worry. I'll make a cover story for you, she explained. I'll say we had a bet on the college game. You lost, so you have to come as Joan, as a woman. <laughs> but, but I... He began to protest, but was cut off by Caitlin, holding up her phone again. Fine. Can I go home now? Yes. She smiled in a sickeningly sweet way. I'll see you tomorrow night, Joan. Marcus put his clothes on over the Joan Jett outfit, took off the wig, and packed up the wig and lipstick in a grocery bag that Caitlin handed him. He didn't bother washing off the makeup. Yeah, see you tomorrow, I guess, he said as he left her apartment. The party at the garage started at 6. Cherry, a.k.a. Caitlin, arrived at about 6.30, and the party was already in full swing. As she walked in, the DJ put on Cherry Bomb. She walked over to where Marcos was done up full Joan Jett and began singing at the top of her lungs. It became obvious Marcos had explained his costume. When she walked in, he'd been dancing with one of the guys. Macchio walked up laughing and said, Good costume. You look like a rock star. Want to dance? The music changed to Adele's Easy On Me. Macchio wrapped his arms around Caitlin's waist and she wrapped her arms around his neck. The song and the moment passed way too quickly, as magical moments do. She really found him attractive and was so glad they met, even considering the unusual manner. Okay, guys, a perky girl dressed as She-Hulk called out. Bobbing for apples time. It's a competition, boys against girls. Caitlin looked over at Marcos. He clearly was worried about which side he was supposed to be on. Come here, Joan. You bob with the rest of us girls. Everyone whose turn it was to bob for an apple got their hands tied behind their back with a black ribbon. The rules were that you were supposed to go against your date in the competition. So Caitlin was going up against Macchio. Marcos realized he was going to have to go against whatever guy came stag, which, as it turned out, was his friend Paul. A few couples went before Caitlin, 
Whoever got the apple first would come over and share it mouth to mouth with their date, holding it in their teeth while the other took a bite. Caitlin looked at Marcos and winked. Marcos just shook his head and shrugged as there was nothing he could do. Caitlin got the apple before Machio did, and as she went to feed it to him, he bumped it out of her mouth and planted a deep, sensual kiss on her lips. Marcos looked at his room, Paul, and said, Don't get any funny ideas. The whole crowd laughed. The party went on until 1 a.m., and Marcos survived his first night as a runaway. Okay, that was a wonderful reading by London Kiss of a story written by Mr. DJ entitled Exchange Party. I knew now it was a little bit autobiographical for Mistress DJ. Uh, London, who, as I said, I had hoped to get an interview set up with, and I, I will do that when we come back in December. Um, I think she's just really a breath of fresh air, and she's learning to be quite good at this audio thing. Um, we talked yesterday about finally giving her a full audio to do. It's a little intimidating, a little overwhelming when you've never done an audio before to talk for 15 minutes, let alone to talk for 40 minutes. And um, she's definitely ready, and I think she's excited to give it a try. So we will probably have our first full London uh, audio sometime in the beginning of the new year. Anyway, again, Mistress DJ wrote both these stories. Here is another one that's especially for those of you who have a foot fetish. It's entitled Trick or Feet. Trick or Feet, written by Mistress DJ and Kylie Gable. Published by Candy Apple Press. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I don't care, I'll pull down your underwear. The group of trick-or-treaters could barely keep it together as they sang their sassy tune. My gosh, I haven't heard that for years, Essa laughed, telling her friend Emma. Remember that one? Oh yeah, Emma laughed. Didn't we write that back in the 80s? Maybe, Jessica giggled. Seems to be the thing this year. Yeah, Emma agreed. Stranger Things, Sea Hulk, and Songs from Our Youth. The doorbell rang again. Emma got it this time. Again, with the chorus of trick-or-treat commenced. This time, Emma noticed a couple of 40-something men accompanying the group. She figured it was either the dad or uncle or some such thing, but they didn't seem faced by the song these trick-or-treaters were singing. She handed out candy. They'd purchased full-size bars and shut the door. A few minutes later, the doorbell rang again. Jess's turn. As she walked to the door, Emma told her about the dad bod types from the first group. Jessa said flatly, well, if they show up again, I'm going to give them my number. Jessa was dressed to kill, and in the grand tradition of Halloween, you're either slutty or a witch. Jessa opted for slutty. She was in a modified Catwoman outfit that hugged her curves in all the right places. She'd taken up work as a dominatrix to pay the bills and loved the lifestyle, right down to the clothes. She didn't dom much, but she had all the accoutrements. Trick or treat, smell my... The group began singing in unison before getting cut off. Yeah, 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 smell your feet. I know, I know, Jessa said, handing out full-side cookies and cream bars. Looking towards the back of the group, she noticed the two men that Emma had described. She recognized them both from the neighborhood. She had quite a few encounters with the one dad bod named Zach. He would always slow down and gawk when she was doing yard work. He'd even wolf-whistled at her a time or two. 
He'd been so rude in the past, every time he drove by, she'd record him with her phone. She decided tonight was a perfect night to put him in his place. So she wrote a quick note on the back of her business card. If you don't want your lady to know what a dog you are, you can show up when you're done. The business card was plain, but it had her cell phone number on it. As she handed the dad bods the candy, she added the card with it and said, stop by when you're done. The night wore on and the trick-or-treaters were down to a trickle. As it approached 9.30 p.m., there was a quiet knock at the door. Jessa opened it to find the dad bods actually showed. Come on in, fellas. She walked to the living room where Emma was sitting with her mouth agape. She couldn't believe they actually showed up. Jessa went in to get a bottle of apothecary sparkling red wine. It had a vampire theme to it, so she thought it was appropriate. She also brought out some strawberries that had a red chocolate sauce that looked a bit like blood. Now, we all know why we're here, right, fellas? Jessa said, connecting her phone to the projector. As she hit play, there was clip after clip of Zach being obnoxious. Now, I'm sure you don't want this to get to your girlfriend. Well, why am I here? Kenny asked, looking like he was about to cry, throw up, or maybe both. Guilt by association, Jessa responded coldly. I'm certain your wife wouldn't be happy about you hanging out with two baddies like us. Kenny lowered his eyes to the floor in guilt. Now, how did that go? Jessa started winking at Emma. Trick or treat, smell our feet, the women sang together as they kicked off their shoes. The men sat there dumbfounded, thinking it was a prank. I'm certain you wouldn't want your new girlfriend finding out about this, right, Zach? Jessa said, patting the phone. She wasn't playing around, and she had the two men right where she wanted them. And you're not off the hook either, Kenny. I'm certain your wife would be pissed to find out you were here. Well, well, what do we have to do, Zach stuttered as he managed to get words out. The women sang again, trick or treat, smell our feet. Both of the men knelt at the woman's feet and began sniffing, smelling, and licking their toes and feet. The women sipped their sparkling wine and munched strawberries. Zach had watched enough porn and fetish porn to know that basic fish worship wasn't going to cut it. He began savoring each toe, sucking and licking each one. He even got in between her toes and truly worshipped Jess's feet. This was all new to Kenny, so he started copying Zach move for move. The women began to sing again after exchanging glances. Give us something good to eat. Zach grabbed a strawberry and hand-fed it to Jessa. The red chocolate had hardened a bit to coat the berries. Kenny followed suit and did the same for Emma. The women were giggling like teenagers now. Another, Jessa said gleefully as she finished the first one. She purposely ate the strawberry very seductively to keep both men focused. If you do or don't, we don't care. We'll pull down your underwear, Jessa sang. Yeah, she changed the lyrics, but it was her house, her rules. Both women stood up and pantsed the men. Emma was quick to snap some photographs as an insurance policy. Jessa went to the back room and fetched some Fenty Savage panties in black and orange. Kneeling to the floor, she instructed the men to step out of their pants. She then held the panties in place so they could step into them. Pulling them up, both women cheered for how festive the dad bods looked. Again, more photos were snapped. Neither of the dad bods could argue at this point for fear of getting outed. Once plenty of pics and recordings were made, Jessa gave both men atomic wedgies. The sight of both men with Halloween-themed atomic wedgies and panties made both the women just howl with laughter. Sitting back down, Jessa smirked at the two wedgie dad bods. Okay, you two. Time to call it a night. I'm sure your significant others have noticed you're gone. Oh, no more bad behavior or encouraging bad behavior in the youth. They might grow up to be a dom or something. The two men skulked out of the door, hoping tonight's trick-or-treating would forever remain a secret. So thank you so much for tuning into the little podcast that I put together. 
Our numbers have been down a little bit before this season, and they are now at an all-time high, which is great. Um, I think um, last summer was was the time, summer of 2021, was probably the time before this when they were at their highest. So it's really great to see. So it's a yearly tradition at the podcast that I will take off the months of May and November. So a season for us runs from June through October and then from December through April. And we wind up doing like 40-some podcasts a year, which I think is pretty good. Um, But unfortunately, that means there are no new podcasts for November. However, I have so many podcasts in my, you know, backlog that if you haven't listened to them at all, it's, it's a great time to go back and catch some ones that you haven't heard in a while or that you've never heard. In the meantime, I'll be back the first week of December with a new podcast, and I hope you'll be there too. Have a great month. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.